Welcome to the Word Podcast. The Lord God has given us His Word. Let us learn it. Let us live it. Let us rejoice in it. Spread the Word. Blessings, everyone. This is Dale. Thank you so much for joining with me today on the Word Podcast. Uh, This is where we do just a very, very simple thing. We look to see what the Word of the Most High God has to say to us, what He has to say to us individually, what He has to say to us as families, as friends, as corporate groups. The Lord speaks forth a lot in His Word. And we've been looking at one particular portion of the Word ever since we started. Uh, this podcast, and that's the book of Galatians. And today we get to a portion of Galatians where Paul is bringing forth probably his uh, strongest, uh, (laughs) not so much an exhortation, but perhaps an exhortation, uh, definitely the strongest and most graphic statement that he probably makes in all of his writings. And it's one of these kind of things that if you're reading it, you may not be paying attention to it. You know, you may just sort of gloss over it, which we so often do with the word. You know what I mean? So let's just jump into it and read it. And I'll show you what I'm talking about. We're in the fifth chapter of Galatians. And I'm going to back up two or three verses uh, where we were the last time together to set the context. This is uh, chapter 5 of Galatians, beginning with verse 7. And Paul asked them this question. You were running well. Who hindered you from obeying the truth? And so as we've seen numerous times before, uh, the churches here in Galatia, this was, letter was written to a group of churches, the true believers were being tempted. They were being taught by some people who were saying, oh, well, yeah, you can be saved by grace and you can believe by grace, but you really, really need to be under the law first. You need to become a Jew first, and then you need to be circumcised, and then you can become a believer. Uh, And people say, well, that's sort of weird. I'm glad we don't have that today. We do have that today. We have it in even greater forms, as a matter of fact. I just had an encounter this morning with someone uh, who sent me a text and said, hey, I was visiting this church last night. I got these great friends there, and they were saying all this stuff, and is this right? And this particular church was saying, well, if you don't read this one version of the English Bible, then you're not really saved. That's effectively what they were saying. And that same type of attitude exists all through the kingdom today. So Paul was asking them, And he was saying, who is it that's hindering you from obeying the truth? Then verse 80 says this, this persuasion did not come from him who calls you. In other words, what's being said here, what they're trying to persuade you to do has not come from the one who has called you. It has not come from the most high God. And then he gives an example in verse 9, a little leaven leavens the whole lump of dough. So he, and, and everybody would understand what that means. A little bit of that leaven in a lump of dough permeates the entire lump of dough. And a little leaven of this type of persuasion or of any type of incorrect understanding of God, incorrect interpretation of his word, it will leaven the whole loaf. Uh, loaf. So verse 10, though, he leaves him with this word of exhortation. He says, I have confidence in you in the Lord that you will adopt no other view. But the one who is disturbing you will bear his judgment, whoever he is. And so we talked about this last time, that Paul was placing his confidence in the Lord, that they would do what was correct. He placed his confidence in them, in the Lord. In fact, that they were true believers and that they would seek the Lord and that they would not adopt another view, another persuasion. But he says, you know, the one who's disturbing you, the one who's doing this is going to bear judgment. And that little phrase where Paul says, whoever he is, 
I think Paul probably knew who he was or knew who the group was, but he was just refusing to mention them by name to exalt them even in that form. Now, listen to these next two verses. So it flows right out of this, whoever he is, but I, brethren. So Paul says, he's speaking of himself, but I, and he still calls them brethren. He calls them brethren throughout this letter to reiterate unto them, I'm not questioning your salvation, okay? I'm acknowledging that you're a true believer, but you're being tempted, so you better watch it. So he says this, But I, brethren, if I still preach circumcision, why am I still persecuted? And you say, well, what is that about? Well, that gives us a major hint as to some of the things that was going on. The Judaizers were saying, well, Paul still preaches circumcision. Paul still does circumcision. And if you go and look in the book of Acts and do some cross-references, you find out probably what they're talking about. Do you remember the account where Paul circumcised Timothy? Well, the reason he did that was Timothy, uh, one side of his family was Jewish, and the other side of his family was Gentile. And Timothy was going to go with Paul. Paul wanted Timothy to accompany him. But Paul also knew that he was going to be going into Jewish synagogues, and Timothy knew this too. So Paul brought it before Timothy and said, would you submit to being circumcised to where when we go into these synagogues that that won't be an issue? And Timothy said, yeah, I will do that. I will do that. So he did it literally for the cause of Christ to where they could go into the synagogues. But he did not do it because of a law. He did not do it because of a mandate. He didn't do it because Paul forced him to do it. He did it because they would be able to be all things to all men and they'd be able to go in the synagogues. Well, don't you know that these people that were besmirching Paul that were coming against the true gospel and coming against him while they did that were using that account they say, well, Paul still preaches circumcision. And Paul says, if I still preach circumcision, then why am I still being persecuted? <laughs> he said, if I were preaching that circumcision, I wouldn't be persecuted by these folks. But I'm still being persecuted. Then he says this, verse 11, then the stumbling block of the cross has been abolished. And he'll pick this up later on in the sixth chapter. But Paul describes the cross in this way several times, that it's the stumbling block. It was a stumbling block to the Jews, okay? It was foolishness to the Gentiles. The stumbling block being that it's not by law, but it's by grace. It's not by the acts that we do, but it's by the act that the Lord Jesus did upon the cross. And he says, if we do not believe this, then that has been abolished. That stumbling block of the cross, and you don't need the cross anymore. You can just go by the law. And then here is the graphic, tough, poignant thing that he said. Verse 12, Paul says, I wish that those who are troubling you would even mutilate themselves. Well, what is that all about? That's a rather harsh word. He's saying, I wish that the ones that were preaching and teaching and trying to persuade you to be circumcised, which would mean cutting away the flesh, I wish that they would just go full bore and just mutilate themselves. They were already circumcised because they were coming out of a Jewish background. Well, what does he mean by mutilating himself? Well, you know, there's various interpretations, as you can imagine. But the general idea here is he's saying, I wish they would just emasculate themselves. I wish they would just go full bore and just emasculate themselves. And there's a picture here. I wish they would just cut off the seed from their own lives. I wish they would just remove fertility from themselves and quit planting this seed of dissension of what... the the gospel is within the body of Christ. And you say, well, that's not very uh, Christ-like. 
of Paul to say that. I tell you what, he was letting them know how serious this is. He was letting them know that you do not um, mess around with the truth of the gospel. You do not, as we've spoken many times before, add to Jesus. You don't do Jesus plus something else. And he was so intense about it. He's saying, I wish that they would just cut off all sorts of fertility from their own life personally. If they believe that this uh, circumcision is such a thing to do, why don't you just go and do it completely? You know, why don't you just do it that way? He was serious about the gospel. And that really begs the question within us, are we serious about the gospel? Where do we place our faith? Where do we place our trust? Is it in what somebody else tells us about the gospel or is it what we truly, truly know? Is it what somebody else tells us about the most high God, about the Savior, or what we truly know? Tell you what, I think the days are coming where evil is going to increase more and more quickly and we must know what the truth is. And we must know the truth ourselves, not just what somebody else shares with us. That's fine, okay? But we need to be able to uh, take what somebody says, take it to the Word of God to see if it be true. If it isn't, throw it away. If it is, rejoice in it. Um, Tell you what, thank you so much for joining with me. Do pass the word, encourage other folks to join us on these times together, and I'll see you again next time. Goodbye.